1: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au Welcome
0: to AFL Nation. Gary Rowan wins it after the siren with a dead eye shot. Where are you, buddy? There he is!
2: <laughs> he juggles the Springer, the magic man, he's done it again, Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He sees the chance to get through, Bontempele, simply the
0: Bont, gives it to Gord, he from 55, he will, he can, he does, he gave it to Dusty, Martin, goal, Tigers in front. At the final bell, it's a grand
2: new flag, 57 of torment eased and a curse lifted Melbourne of Premiers in 2021
3: AFL Nation well, Round 16 kicked off with some of the greatest hits of Charlie Cameron and John Denver at the Gabba As the Lions righted their ship and went to second on the ladder tonight, Carlton have a chance to jump up and replace them. Yes, Carlton. Carlton fans can hardly believe it as uh, they continue their excellent season, or can they as they take on the Saints? The Saints are fresh from three consecutive losses. Great to be with you on AFL Nation this Friday night as we come to you from Marvel Stadium. Jared Whatley having uh, just a little uh, holiday and Dwayne Russell stepping into the Friday night breach uh, because we don't work you hard enough as it is. Well, no, it's a
2: bit of fun to be back here with you. Hutto, and the boys. What else would you want to be doing than going to the footy and watching a, a contest like this unfold where you know, it's pretty much do
3: or die for one of the teams and the
2: other team might win the flag? So I might as well get an early look at Carlton before they win it.
3: Yes, we'll ask our experts about both the Blues and the Saints and whether those three losses in the bye over the last month as they've slipped down the ladder and outside the eight whether you've lost faith or not. And, um, well, if the Saints have committed to Brett Ratten as it seems, I wonder how their fans are feeling about that right now. Nathan Jones and Jared Heeler, the old bull and the, huh. the young bull, are with us in our expert commentary seats uh, just behind us here at Marvel Stadium. I'll start. Uh, I'll respect our elders, <laughs> if that's okay. Jared. welcome to you.
1: Good to be here, Hutto. Uh, good to be the elder state, and statesman, if you can uh, put it in those terms. Uh, saw one of the great forwards games last night. I thought Charlie Cameron played at the level that he's going to have to play at for the most this season if they are to be a genuine flag chance. I just thought he turned it on. He didn't just get on the receiving end. He created his own goals. His pressure was through the roof, and uh, he put on a show that was, uh, I reckon, awe-inspiring last night. So Brisbane, they've got to get their very best side back on the park. Really, uh, really disappointing to see Zorko go off. But uh, they're probably put paid to the Bulldogs' chances. It's, you know, they're not completely out of it, but uh, they certainly separated them and separated them well. But I'm more interested in tonight's game, Hutto. The Blues have just been one of the great stories. Can they protect their back line again? Because if the Saints are going to win it, they have to expose it. And the Saints can't move the ball from the back line to the front, the forward half, so they're going to have to win it pretty much uh, from the middle, and it's a tough assignment.
3: Jonesy, welcome to you. Great to have you with us again on a on a Friday night. Have you lost faith in the Saints, or is it should the fans still have hope that they can turn things around?
4: Oh, look, I think um, you know it's wavering, no doubt about it. Off uh, off three losses, and uh, you know not producing anywhere near the form we saw earlier in the year. Now they have produced some form that's beaten some pretty good sides. It's uh, but the concern is, as we were speaking about Jared before, is just the, there's, there's no real sort of uh, phase of the game that stands out for them. They're, they're sort of lacking defensively at stoppage yep. and on offense. So um, they are going to have to sort of reinvigorate themselves in some capacity. You know, there is an element of them being a little bit too one-dimensional as they go forward. Um, and they're going to have to, you know, I guess, find, uh, you know, that fire in and around the stoppages where, you know, they, they have been – relatively potent in, uh, you know, particularly early in the year when they were up and going.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's a throwback to probably 12 years ago when full forwards were a a great strength. They became almost a weakness, and coaches worked overtime to make sure you didn't have iconic full forwards because you stop the iconic full forward, uh, your game falls apart. Franklin goes up to a half-forward flank. Rewild goes out to centre-half forward. You would remember, Dwayne, a number of times discussing uh, in your uh, earlier iteration as a co-host on Sports Day that we were, in, we were exasperated when uh, Damien Hardwick said we've got to get Rewild up the ground and two or three years later it was a premiership formula. So we've gone back now to King and uh, Hattie Mackay at one end of the ground but uh, it's not working for St Kilda as well as it's working for the Blues. And so in how fact, is, how last important week,
3: Brett Ratton said that even Jason Dunstall yeah. and Tony Lockett couldn't But I think it would function. be
2: different if Jason Dunstall had Dermot Brereton and Lee Matthews sitting in a pocket. Not that, uh, that that was ever the case. But if that was the case, it would be different. I mean, Carlton have three. They've got, they've got Mackay. they got uh, Charlie Kurnow. Plus, they've got an opportunity to put De Kooning down there or actually mix it up a bit. It's a bit different to having just one guy.
1: And I... Yes, yeah, so they little... will I mean, they've got, they've got Marshall... Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. memory has yep. gone from being a really good player to yeah. a player that's almost been pushed sideways. So does Max King work as hard on his third and fourth lead as some of those other guys as well? Well, I think he's a kid that's in, that is in is developing, and that's the issue. There's so much invested in him by not so much the coach, but the players are kicking it to him almost all the time. And so, therefore, whether it's by want or just by memory has been pushed sideways. And I think they've got to work really hard to, you know, make King go up to the wing, make King go up to half forward flank to to bring these other guys back in. Yeah, it felt like... He's got the tank to go up to the wing,
2: though. That's well, From amazing all reports,
4: tank. he's an absolute gun runner. Um, so I'd expect him to... I think he should find his way up the ground. I think the bigger concern for me is their ability to be able to create enough intercept possession. And the, the really good sides are doing that which allows forwards to find a hell of a lot more space from their defender. Mm. You generally catch the defence on the hop. And at the minute, you know St Kilda's ball movement is relatively stifled. The teams behind the footy, knowing that they're going to just take the ball down the ground and kick the king, it's just too easy, too predictable, mm. predictable to defend. So ultimately it's rectifying an element of their ability to be able to create pressure and create really quality turnovers through the middle of the ground that's then going to allow a hell of a lot more options and more space for
1: these forwards. So how do we address that situation? Right now, they're about the second worst side in the comp from moving the ball from the D50 to the forward 50. And the Swans cleverly last week brought a player in to sit on Sinclair. And Sinclair, he had 17 possessions last week, which is about 30% less than he's had for the uh, entire season. I'd be surprised if uh, the Blues aren't sitting on him as well. And if you take away your best ball mover then all of a sudden your problem's enhanced.
3: It feels a bit like what we were talking with Essendon a couple of weeks ago. Yep. and um, I think from all from the way it was assessed internally at St Kilda, they, the Brisbane one was the tough one. They had the, the three injuries on the night. Shocking defensive effort against Essendon. And then last week they went more defensive, but now they're going to... They they yeah, they parked any, the bus last week. Yeah, they didn't have any offence. So I suspect we're going to see them do what Essendon did a few weeks ago and try and get a lot more yeah. zip and run off, off half-back. A month ago, they were well and truly ensconced in the eighth. They'd just beaten Geelong yep. and everything was rosy. And it seems like talks have been continuing with Brett Ratton and they've got to the point where they agreed that he was going to be the man. The Spectre of Clarko, we'll talk more broadly about that later on tonight, still sort of sits over a number of clubs. One of them notionally St Kilda, killed but it seems like... And even from what Simon Lethlater got on the front foot at the start of this week, uh, going on, on Brecky Radio, basically indicating that he, he's, he's going to be the man. Can you... A, a month later, do you have... Does it make you have doubts? I, I sort of wonder what everyone's thinking from a St Kilda point of view about that.
1: Four losses in a row, Dwayne. You have doubts about anything. Yeah, but can you look at it, that smaller sample size,
2: and make your decision based on it? No. Or do you look at the overall sample size and say, OK, well, we improved in this area, we improved in that area... I mean, that's the, the conundrum because arguably the best coach of the last two decades is available. So if you've got really, really good, is it better to get great or just keep really, really good and hope really, really good's going to get great?
1: Yes, it would be, uh, be a very challenging scenario around the board table and around the CEO's table if, in fact, they have committed, which seems to be the unspoken word at this stage to Brett, to, to try and walk away from that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think they should just at the present time. I mean, they, they could come out and win. But, I mean, I guess the picture you're painting, Hutto, is what happens if they lose the next four in a row as well.
3: Yeah, it's, 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 well, hopefully not four in a row, but losing tonight and then it becomes a bit of gloom and doom. And so it makes it makes tonight really important, first and foremost, doesn't it? And then after that.
4: Yeah, I think, look, from my experience, I've lived and breathed it. Not too dissimilar to, like, how I watch the Saints and what they're going through now in the last month. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, Melbourne went through a similar thing. I think ultimately, you know, we can all have our perspective and opinion from outside, but we don't know what's going on internally and you know, all you can hope for is that internally they're on the same page and if they commit with Ratton, they're they're doing all of the due diligence behind that as far as ensuring that it's not only him. We see him as that, you know, from where we sit, the coach, the figurehead, he's the man. But ultimately, it's the entire operation in and around him that essentially gets the function of the team working. And, um, you know, I'm sure if they're committing to that direction, it's, uh, it's not only committing to him, but ensuring that everything around him is giving him the best chance to be the best coach.
3: I felt like we lived this to a degree with Alan Richardson, trying to work out who St Kilda was. Mm-hmm. The, the best explanation we got was when they were a high-pressure team, they could be really good and beat anyone. And we saw that for periods of time and then nodded others. It felt like they had developed a little further with personnel and... You know, a bit of run and yep. all that sort of stuff uh, and, and mixed up their game. But do, do, are we much closer to knowing who St Kilder are? Well, I think the short answer to that is, well,
1: whatever we thought they were, the last three weeks has confused that picture.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, I thought at halftime against Brisbane, they were going a long way to winning that game. Then they got their injuries. So, had they knocked off them, this story may be very different. The, the question is, how bad is their confidence? How, how much is that, that loss and then the loss against Essendon out the front here uh, two weeks ago? How much has that actually robbed them? We know that they there was a, a problem with Ryder and Hill and uh, one other player. and it, Whether that was a big problem, we don't know, but uh, they didn't play the next week and, and that then exacerbated the loss against Sydney. So... It's, they're, a, they're a really interesting side. They could go one of two ways, but they have got some plenty of talent out there. They've brought uh, some serious players in, Hill, Ryder and Higgins, and Wood's been okay for them.
3: Yeah, so it's a different...
1: But it's a, certainly a much better side. Chera comes in for, for Boyd, so they're a better side. But if they can break
3: even in the middle,
1: then they're a chance to win.
3: Uh, and, and obviously they signed Rowan Marshall to a five-year deal during the week, and we'll talk about the, the merits of the long-term deal a little bit later on, I mean, but I, mean, I don't think anyone could argue too much with locking him in for five years, could they?
4: No, absolutely not. I think he, he's, uh, he's the future, particularly in that ruck department. Obviously, there's a reliance at the minute on Paddy Ryder and that ruck combination, but I think going forward, you know... Uh, he's, he's going to have to continue to rise and grow and improve and step up and take that
1: mantle. I think the one thing we're looking for tonight is spirit, is energy. And as much as they say they played with more spirit last week, they played with a bit more spirit. But uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the level of energy you need to be a top six side. And they need to improve that. They need to be from the very first siren in the face of Carlton because they are they they're ready for them they're ready to lap up the the challenge so they've got to basically just come out being fourth gear in intensity and pressure 17th it's,
3: for pressure of the last
1: month it's been horrible yeah. so you can't say we play with spirit in your 17th for pressure so that's the one thing that so who's accountable for getting them to play with spirit well i think everyone at the club i mean player and coach alike all the coaches or we we've all been in in teams that have been down and out and it's a collective It's a collective rebuild as much as it is a collective, uh, I guess, destruction. A lot
2: of teams can be down in spirit for one week, but if you're down in spirit consistently, mm. is, that, is that a warning sign?
1: Well, well, it is. I think it is. I mean, I, that's the, that was the problem with Essendon. Like, you can build a facade for one week. You can, you know, you can bring up all the old vision of this and that and you can ins- inspire people, but it, it's paper thin. Unless the inspiration is driven from within... It's not going to work, and it's, but this is why it's challenging, Dwayne, because the first half of the season, I think yes, St Kilda showed all that. They showed as if they were a group going forward together, and yet the last three weeks they've uh, started to splinter a little bit. And You'd you just like to see the Tarzan group come back.
3: That's one side of the coin. The other one uh, is a much more happy story to tell. It's one of the stories of the year, really, isn't it, with... Carlton's rise under Michael Voss and the way they've been able to overcome significant defensive obstacles in terms of personnel. They've split their last four games two and two, but their defence is holding up. And, um, you know, they can consolidate that tonight and and throw their name up as one of the potential contenders. If if we think Melbourne is still separated from the rest of the field, which I think on balance most people would agree with, although we were probably starting the waiver before last week, if you had to pick two other teams... Who would you? Would Carlton potentially be one of them? Like are they?
1: Are they? I certainly in my th- in my four. I think there's four sides separated from the rest: Geelong, Frio, and Carlton. Yep. And Carlton separated Frio last week, so um, it's pretty impressive. And you, you say that their uh, defence has held up. I think we are still are used to looking at the teams on the uh, lolly shop to see if we're who's playing at full back and looking at the teams as we have done for years, but. We we've got to look at team defence, and that's what's improved so much for Carlton. They've been since round seven. They've been the hardest score to hardest team to score against, and that's that's team defence. Yep. That's not that's just not looking at Young up against Max King, which is I think the eye still gets drawn to that uh, that concept. It's a flaw, but it may it may actually be a flaw tonight. Who's to say? Oh, I couldn't
4: agree more, Jared. And I think it's uh, off the back of what they've done is turn their ability to. Win clearance and take ground and territory from mm. stoppage, but on the flip side, you know, adding to that defensive point, they're number one at you know um, you know stopping the opposition scoring from stop from clearance and stoppage. So even if the opposition gra- gains an advantage from centre bounce, their ability to be able to get in behind, defend that, and win the footy back, yep. they're number one in that space as well. So. And then you add to the fact that they are the number one clearance team in the competition, you know, they're playing a lot of their footy in their forward half, giving that powerful forward line every opportunity to, to kick winning score.
3: So uh, we'll dig a little deeper as the game goes on, but if, if right now, early tip for tonight, can you see St Kilda having the weapons to beat Carlton? Well, you? I can see them winning, but
1: you, you couldn't tip them. I mean, they haven't got the form to tip. Mm. I mean, it's, a, it's an upset if they win. A little groan there from you, James. Yeah, you know, I think it's it, it's the, the
4: question, and you don't want to be questioning your team on that. But it's the energy they bring and the spirit they bring. If they if they can play at a, at a high enough intensity, they're they're capable. But going on recent form, you know, you know, it's hard. You can't you can't tip the Saints.
3: All right. Before we get to some of the other issues and the postscript, of course, to the match of the season, which went on and on for quite a few days with the Tom Stewart incident, uh, those uh, re-signings, the significant deals with Clayton Oliver who's been signed the next century just about by the Ds, <laughs> uh, the return of Jordan Dugowie. Let's talk about last night and uh, Brisbane's 41-point win over the Western Bulldogs. Where does it leave the Bulldogs, do you think? I mean, they, they missed some opportunities early last night and then really after that, they were, it was a matter of how much they were, they were going to lose by, I think, in the end.
1: Well, I think the Bulldogs are essentially the, like hanging on the edge of the cliff by their fingernails. They're mathematically still capable of playing finals. Their best footy is really good footy. They've got some fantastic players. No one's playing better footy than Liber right now. But, you know, they fell away badly last week because they've got nowhere near their best side and they've got half a dozen of their best 22 not playing and they played like it last night. Still hung in the game. Looked threatening for a fair period of time when things were going their way and, you know, their best players were dominating, but they couldn't match it and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't hang in there long enough. They
3: missed their small defenders that weren't there. The, the run of Caleb Daniel, but maybe Taylor Jarrell or just somebody else to be oh, an but, option but against both, Charlie Cameron. Yeah.
4: I think ultimately, like, Brisbane just got on top of them and, you know, squashed them, really beat them up. Um, you know, the, the, the dogs hung in with their ability to still be able to win clearance. Yeah. but. Ultimately, one-on-one contests and the ability to move the footy Brisbane just towered them up in the second half.
3: Is their season effectively done with the draw they've got or can they find a way to scrape into the eight and still be a danger? We've all kind of, or a lot of us, have kind of been wanting and waiting because of their depth of talent in the midfield. Josh Bruce's return has been hampered. Um, they've got fresh injuries along the way. Um, is it just going to be one of those seasons that's just going to end up being too hard and it's almost more about... Of course, it's not about next year yet. But some of those selections around the forward, you know, does Darcy get a, get a crack? as he come I think in?
1: it's probably too early for that. Yep. But, I mean, I've got so much faith in Luke Beveridge. After he did last... What he did last year was uh, one of the greatest coaching performances we've seen for a long time. Fell away halfway through the third quarter. They nearly grabbed the most impossible premiership of all time. And that's after he did it uh, in 2016. Yep. So they're not to be written off right now, but they, uh, they're just hanging on the cliff. Swans next week at the SCG. Yeah. That's
2: that's huge, isn't it? And then St Kilda. So, you know, you get an upset win against the Swans, your mindset changes, yep. yeah, maybe. Then you got the Saints.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean if they It's beat... last year revisited, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they play teams that if yeah, they beat them they'll adjust. To me, beats. the dogs aren't done until they've got to win four of their last three games. Yep. U- then they're pretty much yeah, done. they not can, count them out. Yeah. Uh, ultimately though, are they at too un- are they too strong in one spot and just too weak in others? particularly once you get a few injuries. I'll they... get English back, though. And,
2: it, yeah. it, and I saw Port Adelaide a week ago, when Jared, you watched it with me, um, win a game off the back of having a key forward to kick four straight, mm. really. I mean, if Marshall kicks 2-2, two, two, they lose. Marshall kicks 3-1, they probably lose. Uh, Kicking, I think, is still underrated, in a way. Absolutely. You kick yeah, well, it was the case last night, I think, early on. Mm. But there's some positive signs with Jamal. Well, they were lucky that the other team missed as well, but that, that's the other thing. If you, if you can kick straight, then all of a sudden... You know, the whole game changes. Talk about the change of the world on the flap of a butterfly's wing. But if you've got a key forward that kicks one and it's dead straight, then you want to get get it to him even more desperately next time and then he kicks another one. It's like the, it's a different world you're playing in.
1: It is an amazing uh, point that you raised, one And uh, last week, as you rightly said, Marshall kicks four straight. Marvio Choll nicked the post, yes. snicked the yeah. post twice. The umpire doesn't pay a deliberate out of bounds on the uh, on the last second of the game. They could easily have won that game. But, uh, I mean, the point you make is, is valid. If you, you miss shots at goal, like Brisbane do way too often, and the Dogs did last night, then uh, you, you're going to do whatever chance you've got is much, much harder. Did the Lions convince you last night? Of it, what?
3: It, well, you had, everyone had doubts after uh, what they produced the week before. And in big games, they now you wouldn't say last night was as big a game as some of the finals or against Melbourne, but was there traits there that... Gave you. I, I, I,
1: I, the thing I loved about their game last night was their pressure in the forward line. You know, bar probably one or two players, they're getting they they looked a lot sharper. They looked better. I mean, uh, Charlie Cameron single-handedly. I think he had 14 pressure acts, which is uh, is significant if you're in the forward 50. And he kicked goals. You know, I'm not convinced that they're they're uh, the top four premiership threat, but they're certainly in the running.
4: I think it was just the response you'd expect from them after last mm. week. Um, uh, for me, and it, for mine, it doesn't really change my perspective. Like Charlie Cameron, I think Michael Hibbert has the number on Charlie Cameron. So it's for me, it's can he play like that against against Melbourne, mm. against against someone like a Michael Hibbert who's just wearing him like an absolute glove? Because mm. I think that's the that's the concern. Like he's he's able to perform at that level last night, but if they're a genuine premiership threat, he needs to play like that. Against the best team.
3: Do they need to be finished top two so that they stay at home and all the way through, or do you think they're better No, I, I No, think, I think that's too simplistic. I mean,
1: they've had their opportunities at home and, and didn't cash in. I think you're just if you're good enough, you get there. West Coast Eagles went under McMouldhouse. They had to travel. But the, the premiership sides are always good enough to overcome any obstacle. Zorko's injury. Well, really unfortunate. Was a calculated risk. He did all the tests. I guess just history says that uh, if, in, if, uh, if you're right, have another week off, and and they would argue that they did that. He could have played last week had it not been for the Thursday night game. But it's it's a, we don't know how bad it is, but it's absolutely a setback. So whether it's two, three weeks, I'm not sure, Jonesy. But it's it's a real shame that it's happened, and the, he didn't play, and they won anyway.
4: Yeah, look. When I sat back and watched it, you know, three weeks. I was thinking, for his age, I would have you would have gone another week. But
3: thirty-three. I was actually surprised to realise he was thirty-three years of
4: age. And like we sit back here and say that, you know, standard is what twenty-one days, and you know, he's thirty-three, maybe an extra week. But obviously, you know, they they trust their fitness guys, and they've made that call. And kind of an awkward way in which he did it. Probably not something that he would have, uh, you know, envisaged. Maybe having to do on the stretch, but
1: and that's the problem with muscles, exactly. And the game, you, you can run through all manner of tests, but uh, he did this unusual movement yep. that stressed the muscle in an unusual way. It may have happened anyway if he was 100% fit. Yep should hip Should hip would be fined or suspended or let off? Fine for mine. The umpire incident. I must admit I haven't looked at closely enough at the replays. So he pushed his player. So to me, that's. I mean, it's an accident, but you create the accident, you're going to get fined.
2: Yeah. Was, it a, was it an accident? I haven't seen the down-the-ground vision, so hopefully that'll become available because if he, if he deliberately pushed his player but it was an accident that the player hit the umpire, then it's different to deliberately seeing the umpires there and deliberately pushing your player yeah. into the
3: umpire. I so, think from the vision I saw, it's not conclusive that he did yeah. it intentional. But yeah, so you've got to let him off. But you could argue on the vision available that he yeah. did, that it was an instinctive thing and yeah. he saw... That's and, the hard part, and that, until and until you, the you know, we, we are going So would protect, you suspend him, Hutto? Uh, well, yeah, you would have to have that... You would have to go through the case and be convinced that he did it on... on if he did it intentionally, then absolutely. Mm. But you'd have to be able to prove that, I think. Otherwise, you could um, appeal pretty strongly. Was there insufficient intent to miss oh, the yes. umpire? <laughs> 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 it
4: kind of... It's that's a, a weird one. Cre-
3: that's a good way of putting it, Jeff. They were
4: almost running like in a line, yeah. and he's like, oh, I don't know. It's a, from my first look, it doesn't look intentional, and clearly he's pushed him, and then they're both toppled over, and he's taken absolute advantage of yeah, it. Yeah,
3: I, I felt like he, <laughs> he could have stopped and said, how good is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then taken the Oh,
4: It's actually pretty funny vision, really, when he notices that both of them are going down, because he bolts faster than yes. I've ever seen him bolt inside 50 to get, the, to get the mark
2: on the lead. And a quick one on Zorko. Um, Lincoln McCarthy on breakfast this morning. Mentioned that Zorko was a little bit worried when he ran out there and felt the slippiness of the deck pre game,
3: yeah,
1: which is interesting.
3: Shouldn't be saying that, Lincoln,
1: I don't think. No. Well, he didn't sound confident. We spoke to Zorko before the match. He didn't sound that confident.
3: Mm. Tonight's game is for Holmes Glen. Enroll mid year at Holmes Glen. They support the Saints. Tomorrow's car is available today it's a shout out for hyundai a select range of hyundai tucson's including the powerful fuel efficient diesel and wheel drive models all wheel drive models are now in stock ready to drive away that's hyundai the tech drive is available on a tucson and Seaway tomorrow wants its car back afl nation a pre-game show for beaumont tiles Huge up on the right
0: you're listening to the 2022 premiership season on afl nation for beaumont tiles hybrid flooring in store now
3: Friday night and it's Carlton and St Kilda to do battle in just over an hour's time. Shortly into the Saints camp we go with assistant coach Corey Enright. AFL Nation by the way, we'll be taking your feedback all weekend on the Southern Phone open line. Stay in touch with Southern Phone mobile phones today. Jared Hilly, Nathan Jones, our experts tonight, Dwayne Russell and Anthony Hudson bringing you the call and at the moment we can give you an updated score. It's the Cooters 16 6 102 leading leading Anza's team 4 1 25. It's a few old Carlton legends there leading a few corporates out there running around. It's
1: just a kicking straight, Sixteen You'd bottle that, uh, you'd go a long way, Jonesy. Pressure rating's <laughs> been down a bit from the old 55 year olds, though, hasn't it?
2: <laughs> There's
3: some quality players out there, there though. Is. Apparently, Anse uh, Christo has called for the return of the wolf tonight. He oh. wants uh, when Adam Sard gets the footy to, to oh, bring okay. back that, bring that back. So we'll see whether that takes hold tonight. Certainly, Kaltner on the up. The Saints have got lots of work to do, as we've discussed already. And Corey Enright, former superstar with the Cats, is now the Saints' assistant. He joins us from boundary side. Uh, Corey, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, How have you assessed the past month with the three losses? Obviously, Brisbane, uh, you were hit by injuries, but since then, some disappointing performances, particularly the one a couple of weeks ago.
5: Yeah, hit the nail on the head. Really, obviously, um we thought the Brisbane game we were right in it. Um up until um late when they sort of uh, gained some dominance. But uh the Essendon the Essendon loss here was um was 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 really poor and then obviously last week, um just not being able to hit the scoreboard uh, made it really difficult for us. So um yeah, the last two weeks in particular haven't been um where we wanted them to be.
1: Corey, uh Jared, good to talk to you. But uh Getting down to basics, the biggest one of the biggest issues you would appear to have is the the transition of the ball from uh, the spot that you rule for so often deep in defence uh, to the other end of the ground. How do you how do you rectify that, and what do you do if they sit on Sinclair again?
5: Yeah, because obviously um, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of the game these days being able to move the ball, uh, particularly off turnover from from anywhere on the ground, but um, obviously the the, the back end of the ground when the game and the the field opens up quite a lot. So, yeah, it's something that we obviously worked on and and, uh, we feel when we play well, it it is a strength of ours. um, But again, I think it it comes down to us being um, who we want to be and that's probably pressure and contest Mm. first and foremost and and obviously give our forwards a decent look at it. Um, We don't want to be starting all our offense from from back in d50 we'd like to be able to um, turn the ball over higher up the ground so we can give our forwards a really good look at it so
1: just let me just continue on though with that line of uh, questioning last week i thought you set up you almost parked the bus you had a lot of guys down there and sydney gave the ball back to you many many times They hit you on the chest a lot of times so what are the instructions that you're looking for and, and what were they doing wrong that sort of made everything uh, fall apart last week?
5: Um, yeah, it was probably just the breakdown. Once we got ball in hand was the breakdown of, of how we were going to move it and transfer it up the other end, really. Uh, and Sydney, had obviously, a really quality um, defensive unit. They have been for a number of years. So, um, yeah, but for us it was it was probably we played a little bit maybe um, too conservative once we got our ball in hand mm-hmm. and um, didn't, didn't probably take enough risks, um, particularly early in the game where we but we need to sort of um, put the uh, pressure on the opposition. So, yeah, we've tried, obviously, um, footy's, a, footy's a simple game at times, but it can be made hard. But we've just got to try and um, get the ball in, in someone's hand and, and, and distribute it to someone else along the chain and, and make sure that um, we're, we're running and supporting and, and, and having options for the ball carrier. That was probably not there last week as well
4: you spoke about the pressure and uh, intensity. That's what you guys want to be uh, known for, and that seems to have been down in particular in the last month. What do you expect to be different tonight, and uh, has that been a focus? Who, who generates, the, I guess, the
5: rebirth of that? Yeah, well, it, it, when we play well, we feel that that is, that is a huge part of our game. Obviously, there's lots of other things as well, but um, well, we feel like tonight, obviously, Carlton are really strong around the footy. Um, uh, they've got some huge, um, you know, midfielders that that, that, are, that are a huge part of their game. So we feel like the game's going to be obviously won and lost in that contest. So against the high-quality um, opposition tonight, we have to be on our game there. We have to bring that intent. And we have to get first access to the ball. And if we don't, we have to pressure them to hopefully give it back to us. But, um, yeah, that's, that's probably their, their game um, is based around stoppage, clearance and um, what they do from their stoppage wins. So we've got we to match them with that. Are you
1: ballistic enough in the front half of the ground or is it uh, just too one-dimensional? Higgins back in. Lots of attention this week on Max King. But, uh, I mean, memory is a standout player. Marshall can go there. Ryder can go down there. It's not as if there aren't other options.
5: No, and, and again, we feel like when we played our best footy this year, we have had lots of different avenues towards goal and, and probably, again, our ball movement um, reflects that. Uh, when we go, you know, when we get sort of held up and go slow, um, you get drawn to, to, to your big targets. And King, we obviously get drawn to him a lot and so do the opposition. So. For us, it's trying to spread the load there and make sure that we've got lots of different avenues to go. And we, we feel like, obviously, early in the year when we were playing um, better footy, we had, we had lots of dangerous um, forwards, particularly our small forwards. So, again, we're trying to, obviously, move the ball a little bit quicker to give those guys a chance. Um, and, and if we don't, we kick it to a contest. They need to get there and do their work.
4: And on a positive
5: note, mate, the, the re-signing of Roel Marshall to a big five-year
4: deal. And uh, how's that going down with the boys?
5: Yeah, he's, he's a very popular figure, uh, big row, and um, yeah, obviously he's played he's played some really good footy over over the start of his career and um, another five years, and, and we feel like um, that his best footy's in front of him. So yeah, it's a huge commitment from obviously him and, and from the footy club, and um, yeah, both parties are really excited.
1: Jack Higgins back in the side. Why was he dropped, and uh, what's his expectation?
5: Oh look, his expectation is, is just to try and work hard both ways and and, and try and be a threat. Like his his best is he's an he's an offensive weapon. He, he hits the scoreboard. He has shots on goal. He, he he wins his contest and he and he applies pressure. So if we can um, if we can do those things, he becomes a really really mm. dangerous player. Um, not only um, for tonight, but for, for, for across the whole competition. At his best, he, he's a, he's such a threat in that front half, and that's what we want him to get back to. We want him to get back to. Sort of winning his contest, getting to getting to the uh, the foot of the bigs, but also just being being a da- dangerous one v one player, which which we know he is. Is it team
1: V team in the middle or does Walsh get someone to sit on him?
5: Oh look, we, we had these, these discussions and we've obviously got plan um one, two, three and four. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be um he, 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 along with uh, their whole midfield unit, um, and, and even the guys on the edges, their, their wings are pretty pretty stable and their half-backs and half-forwards on either edge of the stoppage are really influential as well. So it feels like it's going to be a 12v12 um, you know, 12 12 sort of contest around the footy, not just the guys inside.
3: Corey, after spending so long as a player and coach uh, down at Cadenia Park, uh, probably almost instant felt institutionalised down there, what's life? Out, out of out G Town, like.
5: <laughs> yeah, obviously it's um it's been really refreshing. Um, been at that um, one place for such a long um pa- such a long time. So for me to um experience something new and, and get to, uh, get to work, it's been um it's been really good. And obviously, um yeah, the St Kilda Football Club have have been really good with that. And um, yeah, I'm really excited and, and enjoying everything I'm doing at the moment.
3: What's the same and what's what's different? I suppose what in, in particular yeah. that sort of struck you, perhaps that you didn't expect. Or
5: oh, well, I think obviously Geelong, their, their playing group is so well drilled. They played a lot of footy together, and they really experienced. A lot of the guys that have played, you know, 150, 200 games. So you're probably you're steering steering them rather than sort of pushing them and 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 I guess driving them. Whereas. Um, a less experienced group, which which we have, and uh, it feels like you probably need to, um, uh, I guess, push a little bit more and, and educate a lot more. Um, so, um, in, in your day-to-day systems, every footy club's pretty similar with what they do and how the week looks. It's just just the differences of how you go about it, d- depending on what um, what list you have.
1: Corey, you played your best footy this season, I reckon, when Brad Hill was punishing other sides from the back half. Is is that his best spot for St Kilda?
5: Oh, look, he he has. He's been really influential, um, obviously, when he's been able to play half back and and run and carry and and bounce from half back. But he also, you know, he had about a month period there where we we used him as that high half forward and he he worked up and worked back and he he hit the scoreboard and, and, um, you you know, he impacted games that way. So it's a really good, um, I guess, weapon for us to be able to um, use him depending on where we see fit. But we probably feel like um, getting him back to that half-back flank and letting him run and roam and, and, and obviously um, defend first, but then also counter-attack when the opportunities are there.
1: So you won the battle this week. You
5: got Hill back <laughs> into the defence. Uh, well, at, at the start of the game, at least.
3: <laughs> and before we has you go, how's Rats handled the last month? Has he started to get a bit more grumpy uh, over the last <laughs> couple of weeks?
5: Actually, no, he's been um, he's been really up and about this week. And, um, now he obviously is the experienced um, coach. He's a... He's been around footy for a long, long time. And, um, yeah, obviously, we'd like to be playing a bit better, but he knows that um, if we keep doing the things that we need to do, that uh, our turn will come.
3: Good luck tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Corey Enright there, this Kilda assistant coach. Obviously, if if Rats has been happier this week, maybe uh, he got the little contract ticked off.
1: (laughs) I didn't put those two together. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, somebody's got a lead from the front as oh, far as sorry, enthusiasm yes, yes. is concerned, I? am sure it? that's the real story. You thought it was brought back to just the single dollar. <laughs> Indeed.
4: <laughs>
3: um, did you make, learn much there?
4: Oh, it's, it's, it's very similar to what we spoke about. You know, he covered off on the fact that they want to get better quality turnover to allow the, the, that forward group... You know, uh, you know, more quality opportunity, in particular, you know, King, Membry, Marshall, and uh, and then allow those smalls, Higgins and uh, Butler to go to work underneath them.
1: One thing we do know, Hutto, is that every side in the competition prides themselves and wants to be known as a good pressure side. Of course, of course.
3: They've just got to get their uh, their structures right, um, <laughs> particularly around around stoppage. That's right. <laughs> and then they'll be... Then and they'll transition be like, oh, the ball
4: better. listen to you two
2: fossils. Nice. <laughs> what, what about the game plan A, B and C? He no. wouldn't actually tell you. It which, was one, two, he three He wouldn't and four tell you actually. what game plan one was. He just told you that we've got multiple game plans and if we're going really bad with game plan one, we might have to go to four.
3: Yeah, exactly. They, they could well be in trouble if they get to four. All right, we'll take a short break. Uh, we'll talk red cards, uh, the coaching landscape, North Melbourne. Uh, The long-term deals with Clayton Oliver and Rowan Marshall and a whole lot more when we return. Uh, A shout-out for Hyundai, of course. Selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful fuel-efficient diesel, all-wheel drive models are now in stock, ready to drive away. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. We'll get uh, a news update on the way and back with you uh, on AFL Nation with thanks to Beaumont Tiles. The huge sale is on right now.
0: A sports news update for Fuchs Lubricants, proudly Australian-made lubricants.
6: Nick Kyrgios has been slapped with a hefty fine for spitting in the direction of a Wimbledon fan and has pulled out of the doubles. The Aussie was supposed to play alongside his good mate Tanasi Kokonakis. Kyrgios was the very model of focus, though, knocking out Serbian Filip Krayonovic, 6-2, 6-3, 6-1. Alex Minaur meets Britain's Liam Brody in the third round of Wimbledon after knocking out Britain's Jack Draper. And Dolphins coach Wayne Bennett has spoken to SENQ about whether he's chasing Melbourne's Cam Munster.
7: If we don't get him in 23, which obviously we... We believe we will but certainly 24 is
3: on the table for us and hopefully it's on the table for him
6: and GWS stand-in coach Mark McVeigh will make a presentation to the AFL club's board this month as part of his bid to win the full-time appointment and that's the latest in sport I'm Alana McIntyre and Fuchs lubricants Australian made with German technology that pays back
0: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now.
3: The opening bounce. Dwayne Russell has just been out during the break and he has returned with his... Four different shots of caffeine, two lots of coffees, two lots of Coke tonight. Duano, just to, just an average night for you to keep you up and yeah, about? Yeah, although I've got a banana as well. And so I'm banana. trying
2: to, you know, I'll weigh it up. A bit of fruit, um, a bit of goodness and four <laughs> Cokes and three coffees.
3: We could charge, Jonesy, to come in and watch Duano in, in action,
2: couldn't
4: we? <laughs> well, it's an absolute classic. You actually should walk in with a couple of paper bags of...
1: Yeah, that's unders tonight.
2: That's uh,
4: absolutely unders.
1: Yeah. Well, that'll get a me half halftime. Yeah. I just think you should get a needle out, just, <laughs> and just pump the caffeine <laughs> in that way. Get
3: a syringe out. Uh,
1: this
2: will be the kind of game that I won't need any caffeine for. Hopefully, nah, I think you're right.
3: have killed it. We'll have a full house here in an hour at Marvel State and Bring you all the action on AFL Nation. Uh, a couple of early. We'll have an early edition of Old Ball, New Ball as we work our way through the issues the week. Can I ask one week?
2: question, Old Ball, New Ball?
3: Yep. The age difference between the two of you?
2: Oh, I'm 34. That'll be uh, 27 years. That'd be rude to Who ask. Who surfs the bigger <laughs> wave? Between you uh, two,
4: Jared's got me covered. You
2: still got him covered, Jared. Mm, well, you see, still that's got you covered, a, This journey? is a
4: very, oh, it's a, it's a pain
2: point for both of us. <laughs> 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 uh,
4: I've had the, my fourth children, two, two, third and fourth children in the last what six months, and my surfing has fallen off oh, the radar. Right. And Jared's not happy about it, so he shouldn't have brought this up. Oh, okay, where's, well, he
1: he where's he falling down, Jared? Just it's like, like
4: a... I've let my old man down, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, he was what. I guess the, the killer blow was he sold his 8.6. <laughs> so he's limited so himself. So he can't go down to Port Campbell with <laughs> he's the He's limited himself to, oh, okay. <laughs> to Bayways. Yeah. Uh,
3: uh, young Bull, would you have accepted a red card? Do you think that would be uh, the right availability for the AFL in an incident as severe as we saw with Tom Stewart last week?
4: Uh, well, I would accept it, yeah. I think, it's, I think the conversation is warranted. If you look at you know, a lot of other sports around the world, they have some sort of penalty in some capacity, red cards, sin bin, some sort of thing like that. So, yeah, but it's it'll be interesting to see how we implement it in our game and who makes that call and, you know, how that sort of unfolds. But for an incident like that, an incident like the Gaff Brayshaw yep. hit, um, the Hall Staker hit, absolutely, you know, that warrants... Warrants it if that's the path we're going to go down, and I, I'd I'd be in full support of it. But it's how it actually works, and you know the function of it um, is, I think that needs to be thrashed out a little bit more, rather than a sort of just jumping to conclusions. Well, it
3: clearly does because. We wouldn't be the only sport to stuff it up if we did bring it in in terms of how we use technology. But that is the difference now, Jared, to what, where it used to be, where you know, we didn't want the umpires making a call like that that could be proven wrong yep. a couple of days later. We now have an arc where vision, all vision goes back through. So essentially the MRO or somebody else who is equipped to make these assessments, could do that now in a, in a much quicker time, um, and you would hope, with a much better strike rate than previously. Yeah, I find it a really bad flaw in our game that we don't have that facility. I think it's uh,
1: overdue. And we had this discussion, Barry Hall, we've had it uh, half a dozen times in the last probably 15 years. or, And people say, well, we haven't, there's not that many incidents. We don't need it. Well, but the point of it is to have no incidents. Yeah. And the other point is if, it, if there is one that comes up out of the blue, maybe one in five years, well, you've got this facility to get that person off the ground, sometimes for his own safety. And if you go back to the Gaff incident, I can remember Kingy on the boundary line saying he should come off the ground. It's, yep. It was such an inflammatory action and somebody's gone down, a young guy's gone down and, I mean, it was... It was, it was were, you, were you there that, that night? I don't think I was. Uh, I can't remember it, but I was watching and,
3: you know, I thought... I what, was there. Okay. It really did feel that way. Yes, really I mean, did. it
1: could have exploded, couldn't it? Yep. It was It was such a volatile action. Barry Hall's action should have come off the ground. Such a volatile action. I mean, people feel like they've got to go and demonstrate. Demonst- yep. And so, therefore, there's another issue. Okay, what happens if someone else gets clocked and someone gets clocked from behind trying to do the right thing albeit doing the wrong thing? It's, it's just... You know, the game, I don't think we can be as, you know, as as strong as we say we are about head injuries if we haven't got the facility to take a person off the ground who's actually caused a head injury. And, you know, I think, you know, rumblings around how it happens are just, it's just process and detail. We'll work it out. We've got to raise the bar high enough so there isn't, you know, there's no mistakes. Um, But the
3: biggest mistake so far is that we haven't got a red card. Duano, you would have taken... or you did take plenty of yes. pills on this during the week. What's uh, the overall well, public feel?
2: Both Jared and Jones, you're right. Um, I think that this would have been an incident where it would have been a yes. Mm. So most people agreed on that. This would have been a yes incident. And then how do you do it? Does he come off while is getting assessed by the doctor? Do, do we wait until Prestia gets assessed by the doctor? It's confirmed as concussion. We know he's out for the game. And then Tom Stewart comes off. Um, because that's the other issue... To, to get it right, I suppose, as well. If it's a concussion issue and he's being checked and he's fine to go back on, it's not concussion, it's the, the Butters head clash with Jonas where it's a split head. Yep. So it looked really bad, but it's only a split head. He's not concussed and he can go back on should the Stuart bump mean that Stuart comes off for that time period that he's being assessed and then he's allowed back on when Prestia comes back on. So yeah, I mean, we can work all those details out in time. but. Um, it's one of those things that I feel like, it's not like the night grand final. I reckon we're going to get there one day. It's just that, is it next year or is it
1: in 10 years' time? I think the other thing is just the integrity of a game. It's just it just, just imagine if that was the grand final. Yeah. Tom Stewart gets the Norm Smith medal and he gets the premiership medal and Richmond essentially lose because mm. we haven't got a red card. Prestia one. is one of their best players. He's, he, they're one player down and Tom Stewart's... And, and Geelong are still got their full repertoire running. Just I, like if it happened in a grand final, I reckon it'd get changed on the Monday. But because it happens, and then you know, St Kilda upset Carlton tonight, there's something else to talk about. Gillen is not a fan of it, and that's pretty clear. He's, uh, for whatever reason, I think he at some stage has had a bad experience in the amateurs with it and <laughs> thinks uh, that the two are somehow. Uh, comparable, which they're not. We've got so much technology yep. to to make sure there's not a hand that pushes the person in, etc. So that's et the other thing.
2: Who makes the decision? Is it the umpires who get under the hood and we have a no, four no, or five No, I don't think so. I heard
3: that. I think
2: it's the
1: MRO
3: that makes that decision. That's on on the game day. Yeah, that, that's their decision. That's their, yep. they're the ones that assess
1: these incidents. So they have to be the MROs, wouldn't they? Because Michael Christian, he couldn't be at
3: every game. He could probably have two, but I mean. Or, or if and if Michael Christian doesn't want to do that, many he get. He, I'm he gets not sure why the emergency umpire couldn't do it. Leaving it to one person solo,
2: I'm not sure about. Well, if the
1: emergency umpire could say yes, this warrants a look. Yeah, yeah. And and bear in mind, people worry about the time, but these incidents, uh, the game usually stops for five minutes anyway, yeah, right. so there is plenty of time to make a call with
3: the umpires in charge. We've just, Tom Brown has just tweeted uh, from Channel Seven that uh, Eric Hipwood has been. Uh, put straight to the tribunal okay. so and that doesn't necessarily i don't think we'll get more detail. whether that means he's automatically going to get weeks or it's just might be put you deal with it it's is something that's best dealt with by the tribunal. i think it's smart to be honest all right we'll take a break with thanks to beaumont tiles the huge sale is on right now and we'll be back here at marvel stadium as we continue the countdown to carlton and st kilda friday night afl nation sold out marvel stadium can't wait
0: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now.
3: Footy experts, shortly we're going to head boundary side and get inside the Blues camp as they prepare for a big clash against the Saints and uh, assistant coach Aaron Hamill, a former Saint himself, is going to join us. So it'll be interesting to get uh, his thoughts on tonight. So Luke Jackson is... Confirmed there's been some stories around in the past 24 hours that he may have hurt a knee at training at PCL. We're just waiting for confirmation on exactly what that is. But uh, he is out of the the team uh, for the match against Adelaide, remembering at the Adelaide Oval, they lost to the Crows last year unexpectedly. Um, So Jackson, who starred last week as they beat the Lions by 10 goals, and, of course, his future has been much debated, and we might debate it a little further in a minute. Uh, He had 21 disposals, kicked a goal last week. But he has been ruled out of the team, so Mitch Brown comes back into the team, and he'll be supported in the ruck by Sam Wiedemann. How many cent? Have to look up how tall Mitch Brown is. With uh, Jacob Vanroy and uh, uh, Ruin coming in as the uh, an emergency. Gorn is expected back for next week's clash. I think with Geelong. Is it in round 17? Um, who the D's play? So, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, No Luke Jackson tomorrow. Well, Riley O'Brien will be uh, licking
1: his lips, and uh, so will the Crows, thinking that uh, they've had form against Melbourne before when they were running hot last year and uh, might as well try and back it up. But it's more than just about who gets the hit out. It's who gets the ball out of the centre. Jonesy, you know the young lad better than anybody uh, in this room, probably in this stadium. (laughs) So if there was a dartboard there and at one side of the dartboard there was absolutely going... And the other side of the dartboard, absolutely staying, and you had to put your dart somewhere on that continuum. I like this. And it's a strange dartboard we've got. Mm. Going to each,
2: each it depends on how good a dart player he is. Anyway, because yeah. when you're playing darts, you're going side. for the
4: bullseye. So I'm sitting right in the middle.
1: <laughs> right. So it could go either way.
4: Well, well, I think a a, a major domino fell during the week, clearly, um, with Clayton Oliver's signing. So yes. You know, as this um, uh, unfolds, it's, uh, you know, I think obviously the priority is going to be him and Brayshaw. Well, Goodwin um, sounded
3: more optimistic about, without reading too much into a public press conference, he sounded more optimistic about Brayshaw than he did about Jackson.
4: Yeah, well, that's <clears throat> that's how I probably read that as well, so...
3: So, hang on, he's moved, he's moved, he moved has from... Sta- he's started in the middle. I'm
4: still, no, I'm still on the fence. I'm, I'm, I'm on the bullseye still, but I, I, I think... it uh, doesn't sound like the bullseye to me. Well, no. I'm, I'm splitting the two, Brayshaw and uh, Jackson. I'm, I'm sitting right in the middle. Read think... into that what you will.
1: <laughs> we can't read anything there <laughs> no, because really, it's gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> so if there was a continuum of one to ten, I'm trying to write. I'm in the digital town. I'm trying to write a story here. Former Melbourne oh, captain. Exactly Nathan right. Jones I'm playing this game. Says, I'm, I'm aware of this. Dot, guys. Dot, dot dot dot. A lot of like a text. lot of journos think that he's l- not likely to go, but he's he's a chance to go. Whereas I, I mean, everyone's a chance to go, but Oliver was definitely not going.
3: So do you? that do, do you agree with the sentiment that he's now now more likely to go than what you might have thought? Say six to eight weeks ago. I'll try uh, that. <laughs> I'll try that.
4: Well, I I think. Uh, well, I'll let it play out for. You another. think he's going to? No, I don't think he's going. You think he's staying? No, I don't think he's staying. Okay. I'm, I'm on the fence on so this. So it's still 50, 50. 50. I think it's fifty fifty, and I think the longer it goes, the more I would be getting concerned for sure. I okay. think. Uh, you know i would be wanting to lock down those two guys obviously sooner rather than later it'd be interesting to see how it unfolds in the next couple of weeks you would assume as i mentioned before the biggest well one it would have had to have been the biggest domino with the the offering to clayton oliver to have been done and dusted you would expect an announcement quite quickly i would i would hope for a brayshaw and a jackson and the longer that goes on the uh, the more concerned I would be getting. Without
3: knowing the numbers, would you stay definitely if you're a Luke Jackson or would you, if you got the, the mother load of an offer, would you, would you take it or consider strongly taking
4: it? Oh, it's a tough one because, you know, if, I, if I'm in Brayshaw's shoes, I'm in Melbourne, family's in, like his mum and dad are in Melbourne, you know, he's growing up in Melbourne, much easier decision. Girlfriends in Melbourne. Girlfriends in Melbourne. Jackson can go back to Perth, be with his family and the absolute if it's the numbers they're talking about publicly, I think it's a different and and then you weigh up what also what happens this year if they win the flag again.
3: I've always loved that question actually, for old bull new bull. Does winning the flag, winning say a second flag, particularly in this case, does that make you more likely to leave or less likely to, to leave if you're contemplating it like are you sated you've got your flag, you've got your second flag, now I'll go and get the money or go home? Or is it like, you know, like you always hear, oh, we've won one, we've won two, oh, I just, just want to win another one? I'd be, I, I think that
1: the question is, do you want to be part and parcel of the whole era? And you're two flags into this era that could be three out of four or th- three out of five or four out, whatever. So, I mean, I think for both of those guys, there's still plenty of time to go to another club. And I know the big money's sitting there for both of them, although I I doubt whether it's as strong for uh, Angus as it is for Jackson because it's a lot lot easier to find midfielders. And that said, I think uh, Brayshaw has got to be pushing up for, you know, all Australian squad the way he's going. His his work across the half-back line has been uh, as good as anybody's. So, I mean, he'd be well sought after. He's got a brother that's playing over for Fremantle, so there's reasons to go. But
2: Is Gary Ablett Jr. any lesser part of Geelong's premiership era than Steve Johnson, that he played in one less flag? I think he is. You think he is?
3: Yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, only, not by much, but mm. he, he, he left and... They missed, won another one. Mr. Premiership, yeah.
2: Don't, okay. don't, you don't agree with that? Well, I asked the question not knowing what the answer might be, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting... Analogy to draw, I reckon, that's all. If Jackson wins the second flag.
4: Same as Buddy. Really? Do you you
1: know what I mean? But he won two, didn't he? Well, he wasn't part of their entire... No, he wasn't part of the entirety, no. He won two, so he missed two. He won two. Missed
4: Missed two, two. yeah. It's a a similar sort of thing, so...
1: But what if he wins
2: one... They both had pretty good, both had pretty good careers Yeah, Gary well Ablett did well. didn't win one at the Suns, though. What if Luke Jackson yeah. ends up being part of Fremantle's first... Well, yeah, that's, that's the lure. Yeah. That's the lure for
1: both of those uh, two lads. Yeah, it's an interesting
4: debate. I don't know.
2: Because you'd be you'd king of... I mean, Pav, move aside. Mm. If you are if you go there to Fremantle as the big gun recruit and you win Fremantle's first flag, um, Pav and Nat, I know you've been great, but um, I might just be the king of Fremantle forever. If,
3: if you're Frio and you've... Got the the big number, the big check. Did last week's game just make you feel a bit more solid about that offering? Yep. that what what he could (laughs) do? Oh, he was
4: good. Absolutely. I think he... That was an exclamation mark, really. like I knew he he had the capacity to play like that, but I was intrigued to see his response after all of the sort of fluff of the week Mm. and the hype around his uh, potential... Contract and you know he's standing, and boy did he deliver! There we go.
3: they're the digital team. They've got it. They've now, they've got That's that. Right. That's a good. Yeah, they've good got it. The team, <laughs> got it. Yeah, go with the
1: headline. Uh, Jones says, yeah. but he could be the best player in the game in a few years' time if he gets that opportunity. No doubt about it. But uh Fremantle, they've got they've got Lloyd Meek sitting in the sidelines, so it's not as if they're short of tools. Lob may go, but which then Meek opens a, it up.
3: Is Meek a, a second ruck though, or is he a first ruck? He's probably a first ruck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Lobb's been linked to the Bulldogs. He right? has, which was interesting.
4: Jeez, There's been some linking going on this yeah, week, hasn't there? Yeah. Jackson and Brayshaw will sign with the demons next week.
1: Oh, that's not good for digital. <laughs> <laughs> can, can
3: Freo pay big money for both of them, do you think? Should no, they I doubt it. I
1: mean I mean they've got some darn good players themselves. They've got to, they've got to keep Brayshaw and um uh there's two or three other. I mean, they've got three defenders that are guns as well. Pierce is a gun, Cox is a gun. Uh, Ryan's a gun. You can't win premiership sides yep, so unless you've got to a dozen Darcy. guns.
2: Well, Darcy's signed long-term, hasn't he? They need to keep Darcy in yep. the ruck. So he's signed long-term. But no one knows what the salary cap's mm-hmm. going to be in three or four years either, do we? No, but you've it got It could a... explode. I don't think it's headed that way, is it? Well, it's At been moment? watered down for a long period of time now. It's been watered down for 10 years because we had... The Gold Coast came in, so we needed 40 new players. It spreads out. With the Giants came in, we needed 40 new players. It spreads out. So AFLW AFL in, in two weeks. We we <laughs> AFLW. AFL AFL so it's the the money pool has spread amongst more people as opposed to getting yeah. closer to a spiky top.
3: And who knows what the what the uh, the right cert uh, number will be. One man that got a fair share of it back in the day, particularly when he went, when he <laughs> went across to the Saints. Hope that's not too rude to introduce Aaron Hamill with uh, he former Saints star and Carlton star too is now. A Blues assistant. He joins us tonight. To have a big, big game, uh, Aaron. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Otto. How are we? We're, we're good. We've uh, we're great anticipation about tonight. There must have been a real, must be a real spring in the step around the club at the moment at, ahead of a big Friday night.
7: Yeah, there is. Um, you know, clearly the way the boys performed um, last week against you know a, a top four side was was pleasing. Um, you know, probably from a defensive point of view, it was was clearly a, at the standard that we want. Uh, the week before, we just loop leaked too many. You know, we gave Richmond 76 uh, inside 50s and a lot of opportunities. So we tidied a few things up during the week um, and we got to work on that. But um, quickly moved to the Saints who, you know, are certainly going to challenge us in, in a number of ways. Um, you know, we, we certainly plan for their best and, and they've um, had a solid week themselves and got a fair bit of feedback, I would have thought, um, in particular around their ball movement and contest. So. Uh, that's where our focus has turned um, quite quickly, Hutto.
3: In, in your heart of hearts when you first stepped foot back at Princess Park, did you, th- you think you'd be in this stronger position, especially if you were told the amount of injury obstacles you, you'd have along the
7: way? <laughs> um, I'd be lying, Hutto, if uh, I, I said, yes, this is exactly where we'd, we'd be. We'd certainly want to be that. Um, you know, when you look at the depth of our list and the and the quality of it, there, um, you know, we just had to had to join a few dots together, basically. Um, you know, support them where we can, challenge them where where we need to. Um, clearly, we've been under a fair a bit of challenge of late with um, with personnel, but. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously, you know, a heavily system-based team, um, particularly defensively, you know, offensively. We've we've um, got to get a balanced approach um, and we know they're really strong in a contest. So um, personnel, while, you know, we'd love Jacob and, and Gov and, and Zach back there, etc. cetera, we, um, you know, we, we got on the job. We, we, we're moving really quickly. So the personnel's one thing, but, um, you know, we, we really want to drive the system and, and, and how we play as a team. Must be
1: exciting, Aaron, to go back. Carlton's been in such a hole for uh, such a long time, and to be part of the digging out of the hole or climbing out of the hole is uh, like it's just—it's been one of the great highlights of the season. A couple of big wins here. I mean, the place was rocking against the swans i think uh, about a month ago and i reckon i'll be rocking again today with two sides going for the aaron hamill cup <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few i think
7: rats has got a fair bit to say about that That's as right. well the, the the ratten cup and the Nunes cup yeah there's a few crossovers um <clears throat> yeah it is jared it's um i mean you know we're blessed to play um and uh, and have the fans back here you know i think we've averaged sort of 45 50 this year yeah, and um it's just terrific to see him back we had 37 against Fremantle last Last week, and and we do talk about it a lot. Vossy's quite um, quite strong on it, um, as we are as a club around just embracing that and and who we represent and what we represent, and and it's significant. Um, you know, we're all passing through, but 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 clearly the jumper means, you know, the world to so many people, and um, yeah. it's 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 our responsibility. You know, we feel it as coaches and players and staff, and. Um, Vossi's um, really strong on driving that and, and, and embracing it all.
1: I think Valperovic might be another one, the uh, Wolf Cup. Um, what are you going to do with the midfielders, given that uh, you're bringing Chera back in and Walsh is in great form? Do you rotate them through the wing or through the bench?
7: Yeah, I think so, Jared. We'll, we'll do a bit of both. Um, you know, Chira is, um, you know, he's quite clever and he's got a, you know, there's a lot of nouse about um, how he plays his football and, and more importantly, how he sees the game. So so he'll play wing a fair bit. Um, we, we played Fisher in the midfield last week just to, to try and get a different mix and try and get ahead of the curve with a couple of things. Yep. So we've got a bit of bounce from him. Um, so he'll go through the wing and midfield and Chira and... Um, you know, and Walshie, we might even have him at full back at some stages, and that could have formed. He can um, he can play anywhere, um, Walshie. But um, look, look, he'll he'll rotate through there, and and they'll all get to go through midfield. But but particularly Chairer and, and Fish, they'll, they'll take their turns through the wings.
1: He, you would look at the numbers as much as uh, anybody would look at the numbers, and uh, more deeply than most. We know that St Kilda's ability to move the ball from the back 50 to the forward 50 is one of their key weaknesses but if they're going to do it well Sinclair is one of the key components of it last week the Swans brought a bloke in Ryan to sit on him and sat on him he did he kicked a couple of goals etc do you enhance that inability by sacrificing one of your forwards to lock down on him or do you go the system
7: yeah, look, it's a conversation, jared, that we um that we had at length in match committee. Uh, there's no doubt, particularly if a team has done it just a week before yep. and got results and moved him up forward and then brought him into the stoppage, which was which probably suited Sydney as well. So, um look, it was discussed. I mean, Hill's another one back there that mm-hmm. can get moving quite strongly. um they get their wingers back quite heavily in billings and and he can play a part in that as well. So you know Hill, Hill's certainly a big inclusion for them. Um, I mean we, we basically have taken the approach, Jared, that um, you know, more aggressive the better. The more opportunities you have to defend, and and um, you know, and, and, and clearly our forwards um, need to be on their on their toes, and our mids and, and and backs in terms of how we set up the ground and condense the ground as best as we can. So, look, we, we we're preparing for them to come quite aggressive. Um, we um, will probably hold fire in terms of what we do with Sinclair and Hill, but it's certainly um, up our sleeve if we need to. What do you do if you get another defender, key defender, injured? Bring the copers out, Jared. Okay. That's what we do. The copers, uh, they're in the bag. Okay, but, uh, get them on? <laughs> no. Nah, well, um, look, if we do, we do. You know, Silvani can play he there. He goes down. Um, Silvani can play back there. We've got, you know, we uh, we don't really have any more height coming through right. at the moment. Stock is there and the wings, um, but but we've um, we're using all resources, Jared. So we've uh, we've broken a fair bit of glass during the journey, yeah. but. Uh, but Jacob's um, hopefully not too far back. He was really close this week. He was, he was four and a half weeks. They reckon it's a five week or so. He, um, he, uh, he, had, a, he had a good crack during the week, but um, unfortunately just wasn't there. But, but we hope that he's stepping back in. And, and it's an opportunity really similar to, to Pitney and Deconning. That um, you know, the conning he's just come on and leaps and bounds, and he's had many hours out in the middle again against Ryder and Marshall, and yep. and pretty similar to Brody Kemp and Young, where Young's playing on the best the best key forwards in the game, and and again clearly with with uh, King this week, um, you know it's it's just another strong opportunity for him.
4: Aaron, did you expect Charlie Kernow to be this good this this season off the back of limited prep?
7: Uh, no, I didn't. But but then I, you know, we we had our eyes on him really closely over the pre-season, And uh, if he was running around the paddock, you'd probably pay a million bucks for him. Um, <laughs> he was uh, he was in really good form in terms of his pre-season. He's got a huge amount of work and a and a big body of work into him. Um, you know, he's up there with the mids in terms of what he was doing. You know, 40k weeks plus. So he um, mm. he had a heap of work put into him, um, and he, and he was able to tolerate it, which was which was the pleasing part. And we, we, we kept pushing the boundaries with him. And, um, you know, what we're seeing now is just a real energetic guy in the peak of his powers. Um, and, and it's just a real flow-on from pre-season and, and his ability to capitalise on his, on his body of work. Can I ask you who the best side,
1: outside of Melbourne, who's the best side you've played against? We were talking about people that can win the Premiership. And, uh, you know, Richmond aren't even in the eight, and yet uh, they're probably one of the prime
7: candidates. Yeah, I think from a defensive profile, Richmond are right up there. I mean, they're 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 really disciplined. They're extremely compliant in what they do, and they've got a they've got a huge amount of belief in their game plan. So not not, not too much wobble, you know, can, can wobble them. Jared, I think I think Fremantle, um, you know, that when they're up and going defensively, they're they're, they're clearly strong. Um, Brisbane home finals, a couple of prelims. I think, you know, they're going to be tough to beat up there and. And of course, Melbourne. Um, you know, we—they're quite competent in all areas as well. And then you have got the Cats who were just uh, simmering underneath it all. So I think, um, you know, it's—it's it's probably a long-winded answer, Jared, but I think there's, you know, three or four. But yep. in in saying that, you know, and, and we've seen, and we've seen the competition and how even it is, particularly that top six or seven. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But but. But I, I, I guess, I'd, you know, you, you have those top four and, and, and they're going to be thereabouts for sure.
3: Sounds like you should be doing special comments with that answer. Aaron, thanks <laughs> thanks for no. joining us tonight. I'm sure uh, that you'll, uh, you'll need all your expertise tonight. The Saints will be nice and fired up. Good luck.
7: Thanks, guys. Enjoy your call.
3: Aaron Hamill joining us down on the boundary. Carlton assistant to Michael Voss. As collectively, the Saints work their way off after their ream warm up The Blues still going through their paces as we speak. We'll take a break on AFL Nation tonight's St Kilda game. is brought to you by Holmes Glen. You can enrol mid-year at Holmes Glen. We'll continue with a few more topics thrown around on Old Bull, New Bull and uh, look at some of the other games and the interests uh, and the news uh, angles regarding those games that will make up Round 16 when we return. This is AFL Nation and our pre-game show for the Beaumont Tiles. Huge sale, which is on right now.
0: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now.
3: Just a little bit of old ball, young ball. In fact, it's regarding uh, the Eric Hipwood case, which uh, the AFL has advised that the early match review of last night's game has been completed. No charges were laid, but one incident has been referred directly to the tribunal for determination. So um, they haven't actually charged him with anything, but Eric Hipwood has been referred to the tribunal. Uh, The incident involved Hipwood... Ryan Gardner and the umpire Jacob Mollison during the third quarter of the match between Brisbane and the Western Bulldogs been ass- just been assessed and the notice of charge has been referred directly to the Tribunal for Determination so there's no charge, there's no grading, he can't accept an early plea because there, there isn't one at this stage. So.
1: Well, you've just shown me the vision, it's the first time I've had uh, a look at it it's, it's not close enough to really determine, you don't know what's in his mind, you don't know whether it's an accident you don't know whether it's deliberate I mean, Michael Christian's saying he doesn't know either. So, how does he expect the people in the tribunal who got the same vision to determine it? They can all they can do is ask him and say, "Well, what were you thinking?"
3: Yeah, I guess that's what they can do. And
1: he's unlikely to be saying, "I deliberately pushed my man into him." So, give me three weeks.
3: <laughs> it could be a good old fashioned. Let's come up with a let's come up with a story as to
1: what was happening. They may, in the end, say, "Look, you need to be more careful. Take two grand on the way out just to make sure you remember to be more careful." But I think that's the only way they can... It's the first time anyone's gone to the tribunal with no charge.
3: Uh, yeah, it's the first one I can remember, but I've, I, they've certainly referred people to the tribunal before yeah, without...
1: But, but, sh- but haven't they been rec- unduly reckless or it's been... Yeah, usually. Yeah, there's been a determined
4: reason as to why, yeah, whereas to get... this, is, this is not even labelled.
3: Yeah, it is unusual. We'll, we'll chase that up as to whether this has actually happened before, but... You can only see a fine rather a suspension, though, as far as you can. I reckon. All right. We'll get down to the match next. Our full preview coming up on AFL Nation.
0: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now.